0: All right, welcome. They really sell me short on that, don't they, Duke? How do, how do we get... We got to have a little chat with their promotions department, put, I
1: guess. Put that note in through the production. Uh, you
0: know, just... What if I said, uh, with uh, the Duke, a veteran of, I don't know, one month of the Sports 1440 family? I'll take it. You, would, you wouldn't say could we have like four months?
1: Kevin, I'm in no position to complain <laughs> about virtually anything. I uh, I just take it as it comes to me and uh, thank my lucky stars I'm uh, sitting across this table oh, come on, looking yeah. at your smiling face every morning. Well,
0: first of all, think about it. Okay, so and we've never really had the chance yet to uh, you know sit down and have a couple of pops because of shifts and you're always going to Delburn on the weekend. This is going to change in the new year, but Like for you, when you, you know, you you go to U of A and then you end up going to Nate and you think about where you were, I don't know, four years ago, like even four years ago. And I think where I was four years ago, I kind of, I'm okay with where I am right now. And I, I would have thought I'd still be in TV or I'd still, maybe I would have done something in radio, but say four years ago, did you ever think you'd be kind of doing something like this?
1: Uh, no, uh, four years ago was kind of, uh, just under one year of returning to the farm after mm-hmm. I uh, wrapped up at the U of A and then worked here in the city for a couple of years, kind of went back to help, uh, some transition stuff. And you know, it, uh, not every other winter in the past has been quite as kind as this one thus far. So I probably would have been, yeah. uh, knee deep in snow, freezing my tail off out, uh, what time is it now? About nine Oh two. Yeah. We would have just, <laughs> uh, just finished wrapping up milking for the morning. Um, or probably about a half hour ago, I'd be feeding calves and, uh, getting the hay and grain put out to our little maybe mm-hmm. holsteins out in their little houses and okay
0: so you're sitting out there then in whatever 3 years ago 2 year 2 years ago or maybe 3 cuz you got to go to Nate you have this epiphany you're sitting out there milking cows and you go i think i should get into sports broadcasting
1: it, it was pretty well something <laughs> something like that it, it wasn't as cold though it was in the spring i think it was during like seeding time that yeah it was just <laughs> one of those days that everything was going wrong and it's kind of like is this really like the best The best use of skills that I possess. (laughs) You know, I I like to think of myself as a pretty bright guy and uh, can pick up on things pretty quickly. And my one true interest and kind of passions were always sports and uh, and entertaining people and, you know, chatting about it with the buddies, which it's a long way to go from sitting around the, Mm -hmm. the bar table, having some pops with your friends saying, oh, how fun would it be to do this for a living? Taking the steps to actually, you know, trying to put that uh, in motion and have it come to fruition. So, yeah, it, it is crazy to think about. Um, and I believe I, I actually thought about it a lot over the the holidays. There, yeah. we kind of wrapped up our first four months uh, on air, heading into the the New Year's Eve break.
0: So, and then you, you start looking at the future because that's you know I think about at your age, um, where you are about now is when I first started in Edmonton. You know, and we, you know I had already worked in the business for eight years so in small towns and just trying to work your way up it 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 takes a lot and it's it's a big leap leap of faith so uh full credit to you to decide that at this stage of your life that this is what you wanted to do uh and i've enjoyed working with you we i think we've been a pretty good team here for four months we've got lots of work to do still
1: lots lots of work to do yet and uh, but still kind of getting a little getting a little better every day i think so
0: um Wanted to make a, actually I should have figured this out too. Rob uh, says spell check. We were talking about the uh, video that he found from January 4th, uh, 1984 Oilers game that we've been discussing all morning. Uh, it was a spell check, not Randy Morton, Randy Mitten and Randy Mittens from, I think LaDuke, I believe somewhere around there. He was another guy that seemed to do all the linesing of the games here in Edmonton and just recently retired at uh, maybe a half dozen years ago or something like that. Um, still 2-2 in the Czech game, I believe. Uh, Sorry, no, 3-2 Sweden has scored. 3-2 Sweden has scored. Uh, Johnny Alekaramaki has scored to make it 3-2 Sweden leading Czech in the third period. Still to come, we've got uh, the other semifinal game between Finland and the U.S. Hey, it's good to see that old uh, Bob rolled out of the rack today. Bob and I had a little discussion yesterday and bob has texted in this morning and says check beats canada i can beat kevin i think so and he's looking forward to and what are we doing some sort of a trivia thing or is it like uh bob is it going to be an indian leg wrestle what are we doing bob is
1: very set on this uh he texted 12 sequential messages yesterday um when we didn't (laughs) respond to his one on air saying uh how do we set this up and then get back to me and so I texted him and said we'll we'll see about getting some set up. I would I would love to have it being on air, mm-hmm. um, like Bob phones in and we and I, I have a handful of uh, trivia questions ranging no, a variety well, of topics to
0: or yeah, but that's not fair either because Bob could be set up with the computer. We well, just it, sitting it, down You have or a what?
1: time limit, obviously. Okay uh it's you have to answer or even like a buzz in type system maybe i don't know
0: <laughs> i don't know I there's there's we'll got to
1: be a way to fix, maybe we could get bob in studio and do it that way because i mean it has to be well, on bob, air right we could gotta, be a
0: lunatic too who knows we'll have to vet him we'll have to vet him for and whatever. obviously he's friends with nails because nails texts in and goes kevin make sure you check your facts with bob
1: but yeah that's a yeah nails uh cousin nails from uh from Delburn. shout out Cousin Dale Mm -hmm. and um, Nails is your cousin. Well, my dad's cousin, technically, yeah. But so I mean, (laughs) like I've said this a hundred times, I'll say it a hundred more. In Delburn, virtually everybody is related to me in some fashion or another. My uh, my dad's mother's uh, family tree is. Extensive.
0: Everybody met at a family reunion.
1: Yeah, no, not not quite <laughs> like that. But uh, but yeah, I am related to a very large portion of the uh, Delburn community.
0: Uh, Tiger sent a couple of texts, in. we'll get to that in a little bit. Time now for the uh, game of the day, brought to you by Saint Albert Dodge, uh, with an industry leading four point six Google review rating. Head up the trail to Saint Albert Dodge. See how easy it is to do business with the great people at Saint Albert Saint Albert Dodge dot calm um actually uh, brad mccrory texted me yesterday in the heat of all the when the bullets were flying (laughs) when the bullets were flying uh everybody was telling you you suck yeah uh he sent me a text and said my son boston be my son boston won his fantasy league he's only 17 years old and (laughs) something to the effect that uh he wouldn't he'd be able to mop the floor with me in fantasy football i'm fine with it man whatever um so tonight's uh, Game of the Day, again, to be honest with you, I, this was a situation when you were setting up the week earlier and we were looking, okay, okay, Canada is probably going to play in the semifinals. This was going to be a St. Albert Dodge Game of the Day, Canada versus whomever in the semifinals. Obviously, uh, that didn't happen. So uh, we will uh, preview tonight's, one of the games of 13 in the NHL, Calgary Flames at the Nashville Predators. This is a game that has big implications for the Oilers because right now the Oilers are chasing One of the teams that they're chasing is Nashville, and one of the teams that they're trying to hold off is Calgary. The Predators uh, have a four-point lead on the Oilers. The Oilers are down four points to Nashville, but they do have three games in hand. Calgary is two points back of the Oilers in the standings, and there's still a lot of shuffling, a lot of games in hand. The Oilers have the most games uh, in hand on anyone except for the LA Kings in the West. So tonight's game, and... Nashville's always an interesting place to play because the crowd is so into it in Nashville. Bridgestone Arena has one of the best atmospheres in the NHL, and you see that when Oiler fans want to go to Nashville and they set up their holidays and they want to spend time at Music City and the Grand Old Opry and Broadway and, and Tootsies and stage and things like that because the atmosphere in the town and around the building is... It's kind of like what Ice District is trying to become and is well on its way, but that's what the atmosphere is like in Nashville. The weather makes a big difference as well. So, Nashville, Calgary tonight. Uh, UC Saras has been outstanding in goal for the Predators. Uh, Picked up his second shutout of the season, uh, first one in 2024. The Preds defeated the Blackhawks 3-0 on uh, Tuesday at Bridgestone Arena. So Saros, uh, that was his 22nd shutout of the year. Uh, he's on 16 wins this year. Stuart Skinner, you know, right on his heels in the win department as well. Um, I wanted to th- throw this one at you. Roman Yossi, this is a guy that has been one of the top defensemen in Predators history. He's got 166 career goals. That's tied with Shea Weber. Third in all time Nashville Predators goal scoring Duke. Do you think you could name the two guys that are ahead of him? One's kind of easy on the team right now. I think you would probably that guy. And and again, hey, Bob, this is off the cuff. This is Duke off the cuff. So uh, the the big sniper for the Predators right now is ahead of them. Philip Forsberg, right? So Philip Forsberg is the guy that leads. He, he leads Predators history, Predators franchise history. The second guy
1: is it the, is it the OG Predator?
0: OG Predator.
1: Uh, well, I think there's two guys that kind of fall into this category: um, Patrick Hornquist or Steve Sullivan.
0: No, um, you have to go back a little bit, and I believe he was a number one draft pick. I think he was number one. I'd have to check on that. The Predators have never picked number one. He was picked elsewhere. Was he number and, two? And then he was number two. He was a very high draft pick. By the Predators. By the Predators, I believe. Oh, geez. You're really stretching my mind. And like
1: in the infancy of their franchise? It would
0: go back a ways. It would go back a ways. Okay. Let's think. It's a tough one. We'll leave. I'll let it sit with you. Let me stew. I'm sure wizard. Bob knows. Oh, Bob. Bob who us, is it? Let us know, Bob. Who is it, Bob? Uh, anyway, uh Roman Yossi's been one of the top defensemen in the league, and he's been one of the top defensemen in Nashville Predators history. Fun to watch him every time that he plays. Um, so Forsberg this year leads the Predators in points. He's got 42 points. He's got 18 goals, 24 assists. Uh, Saros, as mentioned, he is the straw that stirs the drink with this franchise. They come in... Uh, Sitting in that number one wild card spot, fourth in the central, 43 points. But only, you know what's interesting? They're only 12 and nine on home ice uh, this year. Calgary. Well, the Flames have been pretty good on this road trip Uh, looking for their third straight win second of this three game road trip so far and uh, they came in and beat Minnesota the other night and it was a pretty solid contest in the sense of Jacob Markstrom is playing a lot better since coming back from injury he's 10 10 and 2 after 22 games he's got a 2.65 goals against average kind of interesting if you were to say who leads the flames in points and goals it's Blake Coleman. Yeah. You know, and he's having a fabulous season. Uh, Calgary six in the Pacific, 37 points. Um, I still am trying to find, I've, I thought maybe you would be able to find that uh, the milestone watch on UC Saros, but. Uh, how about you want me to give it to you, David?
1: Uh, Legone. A couple of texts came yeah. in, and as soon as I seen it, it yeah. uh, that, it's honestly he was right up there in my you know OG predators with uh, uh, Sullivan and Hornquist, I think. But uh, yeah, leg one, hundred percent. That answer makes a ton of sense because if I recall correctly, he scored either the empty net goal or the winning goal yeah. when Nashville beat Anaheim in the first round of the playoffs. Um, it was an upset that year, one of the first of many uh, number bad,
0: two bad home
1: ice performances
0: by so the number Bucks. number two overall. Uh, uh, in '98, and ended up playing. You know, he uh, he would be Mr. Nashville Predator. Yeah, hundred. You know, he played over 1,100 games in the NHL. I don't know why I felt it. I, and I, this was off the top of my head again. Bob, we're not looking at stuff on the interweb. Uh, number two draft pick. Uh, <laughs> Nails comes in and says, "I just got to get to this. Uh, I'm not his buddy. I'm not Bob's buddy. Kevin will destroy him." <laughs> Uh, Bob's just going to be going off the wall this morning. Uh, Back to our St. Albert Dodge game of the day. So, yes, Yossi is uh, 166 goals. He's one shy from passing Shea Weber, who had a fabulous career in Nashville and went on to Montreal, obviously, for the most goals by a defenseman, third most among skaters in all of Predators history, behind Philip Forsberg and David Legwand. Uh, the lines tonight and this is an interesting line combination I think for for Nashville when I mean they are they're top heavy. They are they load her up uh, Forsberg, O'Reilly and Nyquist and O'Reilly's been a good addition in Nashville. Yossi and Favreau play a lot on the back end it looks like UC Saros will likely start. Um Tyson Berry is scratched tonight. Uh upper body they're saying he's day to day, but obviously was looking at moving out of Nashville, looking for a trade, looking um, to get out of a situation where, you know, that was a tough trade for him last year. He, he was a popular guy in the dressing room here with the Oilers. He was a player that had uh, a certain rapport with a lot of the veteran players here. and But you got to give up to get something. And, I mean, I think the Oilers make that trade 100 times out of 100. Uh, give up the young kid Reed Schaefer out of Spruce Grove, but... Uh, I mean, Matthias Ekholm has been fantastic. Uh, Nashville's 1-1 one one against Calgary this season. Uh, 4-2 victory in the most recent meeting, Bridgestone Arena, on November the 22nd. Predators have only lost four times to the Flames in regulation since December of 2015. So, if you're laying down the cash tonight, Duke, you're probably going to Nashville. I don't know.
1: the the Predators have really surprised me this season I did not peg like they they brought in O'Reilly and Shenis some veteran guys they're kind of looking to change the culture there obviously after moving on from Ryan Johansson Matt Duchesne Um, I pegged them as a a, you know a feisty team Mm -hmm. uh, with the players they have there but certainly not sitting in the position they currently are um, you know in number one wild card spot the guy that is really, really impressed me because I hadn't heard a lick about him. I was not a, yep. aware of him. Has been Luke Evangelista, the rookie skater, mm-hmm. uh, usually playing top six minutes. Uh, like you said, kind of usually on that second line is they they kind of tend to top load because the Predators don't have a lot of high-end offensive talent. You said it. That top yep. line is great. But after that, it's got like Evangelista, Tommy Novak, and Colton Sissons kind of carrying the load in the top six. It <laughs> um It's not a lot of names that pop off the page at you, but they've been getting the job done for the most part. Yeah. So uh, I, I like the Preds tonight. UC Saros is out of this world Good the Flames uh, they're, I mean they've keep, they're, They haven't they been done To as much mm-hmm. fanfare As the Oilers But they're keeping Themselves in the mix Right they're, they're right there So uh, this is a, a big Two points on the line And for the Oilers You're just kind of Hoping it yeah. obviously Doesn't go to overtime To keep more points Off the board <laughs>
0: That's our game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Over 300 new Dodge Ram and Jeeps available, 0% for up to 72 months, or select models on 0% also available on Ram 1500s only at stalbertdodge.com. Should we? Do you want to do the ski report right now? Okay, let's go to the ski report. Here's a Duke. This is
1: is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your Ski Report for Thursday, January 4th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. To say it's been a slow start to the ski season this year is an understatement, but a bit of snow in the forecast for the mountain parks is the best news Alberta skiers have heard thus far in 2024. It's not a lot, but snow is expected in Jasper and Banff over the next few days. Currently, Marmot Basin operating on a 40-centimeter base with all lifts open except the new knob quad chair. Still waiting anticipated debut as snowmaking on the lower mountain does continue. Lake Louise now has 136 of its 164 runs open and all lifts going but conditions are variable once you venture off the groomed trails. Sunshine Village has 103 of its 138 runs open and Norquay with 48 of its 60 all lifts operating at both resorts. Castle Mountain, 35 of its 96 runs open while down in Kananaskis, Nakiska is offering 52 of 64 runs. If you're looking for fresh snow, the Okanagan is your best bet right now as Silver Star received 10 centimeters in the last 24 hours and Big White, Sun Peaks and Apex Alpine all received a few centimeters of snow in the last 24 hours, more expected heading into the weekend. Revelstoke with 3 centimeters of new snow overnight and 8 in the last 2 days. No new snow of any significant amount at Kicking Horse, Fernie, Kimberley or Panorama. Around Edmonton, all the ski hills are open, operating on man-made snow. One upside to the somewhat meager offerings at the Mountain Ski Resorts this year is the discounts on lift tickets that many are offering. Be sure to check online before heading out as the lift ticket may be a bit cheaper than you're expecting. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report.
0: Thanks, Duke. Coming up right after the break, Judy Batista, NFL.com will tee up the final regular season weekend of the NFL. Coming up on the Kevin Carey Show right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program, 922 in Edmonton. Very excited to welcome in our next guest to Sports 1440, Judy Batista from NFL.com and the uh, NFL Network. Uh, good morning, Judy. Welcome to Sports 1440. Uh, thanks for coming on. Good morning and uh, Happy New Year.
2: Good morning. Happy New Year. We can still
0: say that. It's still early enough. I don't, yeah. What's the cutoff? What's your cutoff? When do you stop saying it?
2: I feel like pretty soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I saw something about Larry David saying January 2nd or 3rd was his cutoff. I don't know. Exactly. But anyway, uh, season's greetings. Hope you're having a a great 2024 so far. And then that's the kind of wrap up uh, the first week of January, always to the NFL season. And uh, things get underway on Saturday with a couple of games. Uh, What do you make of Pittsburgh? with still a chance to make the playoffs although going into Baltimore with some resting players with the Ravens what do you make of that game to start off uh, week 17 here?
2: Well, first of all, a heck of a job by Mike Tomlin yet again. Um, I think we can say that most years, but uh, given how this team looked and given the, you know, sort of the offense and the back and forth on the quarterback that they are nine and seven. So they're going to finish with a winning record. And, you know, the things that need to happen for them to make the playoffs are not that implausible. So the fact that they have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs is, uh, is remarkable. Um, You know, Playing the Ravens, the Ravens, are Lamar Jackson, most importantly, is going to rest this game. So it's going to be Snoop Hundley at um, quarterback. And then John Harbaugh is going to sort of see how some of the other veterans are going. I, Harbaugh is sort of in that position of trying not to. You don't want to break up the momentum that the team has. The offense is their offense is in mm-hmm. a great groove right now. Um, but you're balancing that with trying to give everybody rest. And obviously you don't want to risk um, your most valuable players to injury. So I'm curious to see who actually gets out there for the Ravens um, uh, when, when the ball is snapped, because uh, Harbaugh after the game uh, against the Dolphins, I was at that game and he said like he had already given thought to how he was going to handle that, but he planned to consult other coaches, including Bill Belichick about how they approached bye weeks. And um, when you have, games with nothing on the line what you know how much you play your players and how much you don't so that's obviously going to have a big impact on this game and on the Steelers chances
0: my mistake too Judy week 18 uh, is lamar jackson hands down your mvp this year
2: yes yeah um I, I i've seen him in, in person a few times the game against the dolphins was just Tremendous, in part because um, he did not scramble much. He was not outside the pocket very much at all. And he just shredded them from the pocket. Uh, you know, five touchdown passes. Um, he only had three incompletions. He was so on target. And, you know, they were hitting the big plays, too. This was not dink and dunk. I mean, they were going downfield, which Harbaugh again after the game said they'd been discussing during the season. Like if we could just start hitting those big plays, those would be back breakers. And, and they were, I mean, um, I, I, he just looks to be so comfortable in this offense and so in command, um, you know, and on target. And again, I mean, you, we expect Lamar Jackson to wreck games with his legs. We've seen that over mm-hmm. and over, uh, over the years, but this is just, you know, in the pocket, Lamar Jackson. So he, he can do it all. He's certainly my MVP.
0: Judy Batista, NFL.com, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Saturday night is the big game when you think about a division title between Houston and Indianapolis, both teams 9 and 7. How do you see this game shaking down, Judy? Uh,
2: so this is going to be really interesting. So first of all, this um, game would be for the division title if Jackson loses Sorry, on Sunday. Um, but Texan, no, that's okay, but Texan, yeah. um, but the Texans and Colts can still get a. A, a playoff spot here. So it's still really important. They're playing for something. I'm really interested to to see, you know, the Texans are such an upstart team, I think way ahead of schedule. CJ Stroud has just been tremendous. They had a great draft class last year. So um, I think they're way ahead of schedule. Um, and the Colts, um, the Colts have been really good. Like when Anthony Richardson got hurt early in the season and Jonathan Taylor wasn't with the team, you just thought, Oh, this is such a lost season, but Gardner Minshew is sort of everything that everybody would want in a backup quarterback. Like he has steadied them and they've won games and Jonathan Taylor now has been really good the last few weeks, lots of touchdown runs. So I think these are actually two pretty evenly matched teams. The Texans have a very, very good run defense. I think they're third in the league right now in run defense. So that'll be a test um, to see if the Colts can get their running game going. But um, I, I think both of these teams are a surprise this season. Uh, and so it's always sort of fun to to see that sort of upstart team, you know, with a chance to actually get into the playoffs.
0: What about the play of CJ Stroud when he was out? You could definitely see the difference, uh, but he's yeah. just a phenomenal, phenomenal season for the rookie quarterback.
2: He has been uh, tremendous. And I think what's so impressive about him is like, none of this seemed too big for him uh, really from, from the very beginning. Like he just seemed really calm and really settled. Um, just, just a really impressive um, sort of not just performance on the field, but sort of off the field too. Like he's already very much a team leader type. Um, again, I'm I'm really impressed with the Texans. Right, they have you know they have a first time head coach in D'Amico Ryan's. Right, a rookie quarterback. They have a lot of young players, and so you you know you don't really know how that's all going to come together during a season. You don't know how long it's going to take to come together. Um, and it's come together, I think, way ahead of schedule. And a big part of that is that CJ Stroud just never seems rattled. Um, he played a lot of big games in college, and that certainly prepared him well for this. But uh, still, I, just a really impressive performance. He, I don't vote for this, but he mm-hmm. would be my rookie of the year if I had a vote.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, Judy Badista, NFL.com, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, the Green Bay Packers at 8-8 eight and eight come into this game against Chicago at 7-9, and nine, but the Packers, they just seem to be kind of hanging in there and hanging in there. What do you make of the Packers' plight to make a playoff spot here?
2: Well, I think they are... Um... They're a team that, again, started out this season very, very young, a brand-new quarterback. You knew they were going to be growing pains. You knew it was probably going to be an up-and-down kind of season, and it was, but they are growing, and you're sort of seeing them develop in real time, and now they're they're playing their best right now at the end of the season. Um, and, again, I think just as we were saying about C.J. Stroud, like Jordan loves development um, is is what this is all about. Uh Again, none of this ever seemed too big for him. Now, he had the advantage of, you know, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers all this time and watching um, and, and learning from him. And Rodgers has been supportive of him. Um, but still, like when when he gets thrown in there, I mean, he is following in the footsteps of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And there's an awful lot of expectation uh, you know for quarterbacks in, in Green Bay. And even that first game uh, against the Bears, it was like a 425 game here uh, on the East Coast. And he didn't seem overwhelmed by that at all. Um, you know, he just looked really settled. He didn't have any turnovers in that game. You know, the kind of things you would expect somebody to do in their, you know, in their first season as the NFL starter. So I'm really impressed with Jordan Love. Great job by LeFleur, uh mm-hmm. coaching this team. It's the youngest roster in the NFL. And that always comes with, you know, a steep learning curve. Um, but this is a, a straight-up win and in for the Packers. So mm. if they win this game, they're in.
0: Out of the teams that, I guess, you know, the, you wouldn't want to play in the playoffs, where would you rank the L.A. Rams uh, going into the playoffs?
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they were the team that just popped into my head when you were saying that. Uh yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to play the Rams at all. Um, they're first of all, they're hot. The offense is hot. They have a, you know, they obviously have a very experienced quarterback with championship pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very experienced head coach, championship pedigree. Um, and then you have, you know, obviously you've got Cooper Cup, championship pedigree. Aaron Donald, championship pedigree. And then you have, you know, a Puka Nakua who is just this, you know, superstar in the making right in front of us as a rookie. You, you don't. You don't want to play them. Um, again, this is a team that is way beyond where we thought they were going to be this year. This was sort of supposed to be the rebuilding year. Remember, they got they were getting rid of talent, right? Jalen Ramsey and, you know, getting some younger players in and getting draft picks. This is a team that has like flipped. The, the, the yeah. Super Bowl team was, you remember, F them picks, right? It was all the high priced, you know, free agent types, star players, veteran players. Now they have flipped and it's young players, players they've drafted um, and are developing and, um, and they're getting great results. I, you, I, you know, they're, they're ahead of schedule, so I don't think you look at them as a Super Bowl favorite coming out of the NFC. But again, they are a dangerous team because they've got the right mix of like sort of youthful energy and uh, veteran presence and veteran smarts and veteran composure in
0: big moments on the other side of the spectrum as we were speaking with Judy Batista from nfl.com the philadelphia eagles could go into the playoffs with oh 12 wins they could you know you assume they're going to beat the giants this week and would assume that they're going to play tampa bay in the opening round it's a team that maybe doesn't scare you with 12 wins would you be would you would you say that yeah. or is it safe to say that
2: yeah. Um, first of all, like, you know, there's no guarantee they are the NFC East champion here. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys, if the Cowboys beat the commanders, the Cowboys are the division champions. So then the Eagles are on the road as a wild card team. What's happened to the Eagles in the last, you know, month, six weeks, um, is startling and it's, it's been building this way all season, right? Like all season, even when they were winning games, um, even they were saying we're not playing our best ball. We're still not putting it all together, right? The offense wasn't clicking. There were dumb penalties. They were missing. Like there were, it was just not right. Um, And it certainly didn't look like what it looked like last year. And nor did the defense. Um, And, you, you know, you sort of, they kept winning, right? And they clinched a playoff spot really early. Okay, fine. So everything's fine. This is what good teams do. They keep winning while they fix their problems, except then they stopped winning the games and the problems were not getting fixed. So now we're here, which mm-hmm. is they're losing a lot of games. They've lost, you know, right. They, they beat the giants, but otherwise they're in the middle of this big slump. Um, they're losing games. They may not win the division. And the problems are not fixed. And like that locker room, I've been to a few of their games, and that locker room is unhappy, right? Mm -hmm. Even when they were winning games, they were grumpy because they knew they were not playing the way they are capable of playing, certainly not playing the way they they played last year when they went to the Super Bowl. Um, Yeah, they are a team that, you know, depending on what the matchup is, we could see an early exit from the Eagles, which is... (laughs) <laughs> Certainly not what you expect when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts and some of the talent they have.
0: Judy Batista, NFL.com, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Just a couple more, Judy, regarding your career path and things like that. When we see you on, on the NFL Network and you're either doing you know panel work or studio work or whatever you want to call it, compared to reporting, what do you enjoy more? What do you enjoy? is harder for you and what do you like more about kind of each uh, aspect of what you do covering the NFL?
2: Um, I've Well, I've done a lot more television in the last, you know, nine or 10 years than I ever did before. Right. I was a newspaper reporter for the early part of the bulk of my career. Um, right. I spent 15 years at the New York times. And so that was almost exclusively writing. I did a little TV here and there. But certainly not like I do now, mm-hmm. where the bulk of my week is spent doing television, um, which I really like. I, But all of it is still based on reporting. Like, you, you're still a reporter, um, even if you're not, you know, sort of the TV reporter sort of standing outside in a parking lot or something. You're still reporting everything that you say on the air. Um So it's been a really interesting thing to do with something completely different, Um, and and it's been really fun. Uh, It's I I really enjoy it. I like being on panels Mm because, you know, I like just talking to people, (laughs) right? Like that's sort of conversational and fun, and um, and I you know, and I like sort of like when we play off each other. That's really fun. Not. I, it's, it's much more fun to do it that way than just to be like standing in front of a camera by yourself and mm-hmm. talking into the void. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but but it's been great. Like, it's been really cool to do like a completely different thing than I was doing before.
0: Uh, we're relatively the same age. Um, did you find, like, and I've been 33 years in the business, did you find you, when we were at the times to see that transition where the business is going and kind of go, you know, I need to be branch out and kind of try this, do that. Did you did you feel that a, a few yeah. years back?
2: I, I did, but uh, I'll admit, like I never thought the business would be where it is now. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I don't know that anybody could have foreseen where the business would be going. Like with newspapers closing, which is horrible, um, and the Times, you know, disbanded its sports department, which mm-hmm. also horrible. So, um, but yes, I mean, I think it was obvious. Um, it's probably been obvious for a long time mm-hmm. that you know, print was going away and everybody was going to be reading things on their phone and watching things on their phone and that, you know, video was the way to go. And I, you know, I enjoyed doing television even when I was at the Times and I would do I would do some um, stuff for ESPN and that was a lot of fun. And it, it was always clear that that, you know, it's obviously that that's mm-hmm. the direction of most of the businesses going and it has still gone. Um, and I just got lucky that, you know, I... I made the move at the right time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, is the Buffalo-Miami game this weekend the, your number one game of choice to watch and yes. keep an eye on?
2: Yes, especially because I think if Buffalo, assuming Buffalo gets in, um, there is still a way they, they don't get in at all. But if assuming they get in, they are, I think they're the equivalent of the Rams mm-hmm. um, in the AFC. You don't want to play them because they are they are hot lately. And, uh, you know, I'm really interested to see how Miami rebounds after they got, you know, they got their teeth kicked in by the Ravens <laughs> last week. And Wasn't so that I'm really curious. They've got a lot of injuries now, a mm-hmm. lot of big injuries. And so I'm curious to see how they rebound. They uh, The Dolphins were already in the playoffs, but certainly, you know, uh, two weeks ago, you thought, no question, they were going to be. Uh, the number two seed hosting playoff games in Miami, and that does not seem quite as certain right now after last week.
0: Hey, Judy, thanks so much for your time this morning. and Enjoy the games this weekend, and uh, have a great 2024. Thanks for coming on.
2: Pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: That's Judy Badista, NFL.com, as uh, Week 18, the final week of the regular season in the NFL, comes to a close this weekend. We will know all the playoff positions and opponents uh, come Sunday night. Uh, when we come back, Sam Ojehowitz. Samantha Woj, Sam Woj, uh Canadian artist uh, will guest with us on the Kevin Carey Show. Coming up on Sports 1440, right after the break. Duke, how do, you, how do you come up with the perfect intro songs? Just how do you do that? Like, is, is it just a... I I have a list of songs, like
1: stretching, like my personal library that once were on my iPod, which we talked about yesterday, but now they exist on my Spotify uh, like songs playlist. And I just kind of scroll through them Sundays, and I was like, you know, I'd like to get this song in the mix today and see where it maybe fits best, Uh, whatever the case.
0: It's perfect because our next guest uh, is Sam Ojohoitz, Canadian artist. And uh, Sam, welcome to Sports 1440. First of all, uh, I've Got Sam Wojohutz, Samantha Wojohutz. What are we gonna Sam Wojo, What are we going with here?
3: I go by Samantha Woj in my art practice.
0: Samantha Woj, yeah. Okay, Samantha Woj. So, if you haven't seen any of Samantha's work, can you just please check out? If you've got time, if you're near a computer, just go to uh, Samantha Woj Art, and you can see the paintings that she's been doing for how many years? Have you been doing your painting, Sam?
3: Well, in this style, I'd say it's about almost two years coming up on it, but I've I've painted like my whole life. I just used to do more traditional art.
0: Okay. Well, the reason we got you on the show is because we saw the, the posting and we saw your picture of Connor McDavid the other day when he recorded his 900th point in 602 games. When did you work on that and when was that released and how did that all come together?
3: So originally, I think I painted that about a year ago. Yeah. Um, sometimes I repost art when I see good celebration moments. Um, I, I like to paint athletes in general. Like I'm a fan of um, players, teams, everything. Um, so whenever I catch a player that I, that's interesting to me, at least, I want to paint them and use sports equipment to kind of evoke that feeling that they, they embody the feeling that when you play with that equipment, while well, I'm painting you with that equipment and creating mm. an art piece out of it.
0: So how long have you been painting?
3: painting? I've been painting since I was about 13 years old, I'd say, give or take, um, around then. I, I, don't, I was mm-hmm. trying to figure this out yesterday. I was like, when did I start? <laughs> and I honestly can't remember when it first began. But yeah, I was around 13 and I started kind of exploring painting and uh, went to college and university uh, to further mm-hmm. my abilities.
0: So you're not painting with a traditional brush. Can you explain no. to our listeners how you're doing and what you're doing?
3: So uh, I feel with sports equipment, paint uh, paintbrushes. So basically I dip like a, a hockey stick, a basketball, a hockey puck, um, anything equipment-wise. I'll dip it in a bit of paint and use it and slide it, roll it however you want to feel it on a canvas and make marks filling space up to create faces or the bodies of athletes.
0: What are some of the pieces of equipment that are best to do this process and what are some of the challenges that you have to face
3: um i'd say the some of the favorite equipment would be the ones that are somewhat waterproof or easily washable um it would be harder with like basketball because they're really big so getting it under a sink to wash like a basketball is kind of difficult um heavy the weight of a the, the equipment like i only did one paint painting with a a boot, a uh, ski boot, and it was the most heaviest boot I've ever had to paint with. And I decided that was my last painting ever, <laughs> to paint with a ski boot. So weight comes into consideration
0: also. Samantha Woj is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, brilliant, just an absolute brilliant artist. Uh, and now you're just outside of Ottawa, that's correct?
3: Yeah, so I'm somewhere called Emron Okay. Uh, it's a little bit outside of Ottawa.
0: Where did you go to school and, uh, like, what did you take? All arts stuff, I guess, in school?
3: Yeah, so I did my, so we have something in Quebec. So I'm, I was born uh, in Quebec and went to school in Quebec. Um, we have something called college, which we graduate in high school in grade 11. And then we do two years um, in doing something of our interest. So I did mm-hmm. fine arts. And then I went to university where uh, I continued fine arts, and then I went to go do my master's in art therapy.
0: Sam Woj, our guest on Sports 1440. So, Samantha, also, you have a disability. Can you explain that to our listeners?
3: Yeah, so I was born uh, with two, uh, one finger on each hand, and I had kind of an operation. So I technically have a toe on my hand. Um, I was born with something called ectrodactyly, So basically, I'm missing fingers and toes. And, uh, yeah, that's and I kind of show it in my art, or at least I try mm-hmm. to show it in my art to kind of show how I do things with my abilities that I do have.
0: So, how, I guess the sports, what sport do you like best, painting, or is there one that's harder? Can you can you touch on that?
3: Yeah. Um, I, well, I think hockey, I've been getting kind of pretty good at it, um, and I kind of like it because... The equipment, I have a range of equipment um, to use, so the different sizes help me because I can use the hockey stick to make really long lines or a hockey puck to get really detailed marks. And I also got a helmet recently, so I can use that <laughs> to kind of create different marks. So that is really nice to have a range of equipment. Um, Basketball is hard because it's just one big round ball.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. So, <laughs>
3: It's, it's a little more difficult, but it's also fun. If I have a really large painting with a basketball, it's easy to just fill the space up. So, I guess, uh, figuring out,
0: yeah, I guess you might have to take the basketball net down or something to use for.
3: <laughs> right, <laughs> I never thought of that. A basketball net, like the, the netting of it, that uh, might my be my, my new way to paint with it to make more details. <laughs> uh,
0: when you did the Connor McDavid uh, painting, what was the hardest part of that one for you to do?
3: Um, I think the very details of like the face um, and parts that are like very intricate, so like sp- creating lettering and all that would be probably the more difficult parts because I don't want to make mistakes. So that one was done on paper, so unlike mm-hmm. canvas where I can kind of cover it with white paint on pieces of paper when I was painting, um, that I, I couldn't really make mistakes. So I really had to be careful um, going in the, into the specific areas to really make sure they were defined enough so that we could see him. And it also looks like him a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Was that 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 one's black and white? What's harder, black yeah. and white or color?
3: Color. Oh my gosh, color yeah. is so much more difficult because I have to wait between layers. Because if I don't, then it smudges and it mixes on my equipment. So uh, I, I have to really be careful. Wow, black and white's just really easy. Hmm.
0: Um, the other question that I had, I just saw the uh, Patrick Mahomes one, and that's color. So how how long did the Patrick Mahomes painting take you?
3: Um, over the night I'd say. Okay. I think over no two two nights I would say about that one quickly. It wasn't too long because it was mostly red. So that was not um too challenging in that one because uh it was already a black background and was basically mixing one color all over. <laughs>
0: Wow. Samantha Boge, our guest on uh, Sports 1440, very talented artist. Check her out on TikTok, all on social media. You'll see the painting that she did with Connor McDavid, uh, Patrick Mahomes. If you just go on uh, Sports 1440, you'll find it. Uh, What do you do with these paintings? And I'm sure uh, I believe you had one that was auctioned off that had to do with the Toronto Maple Leafs or was it the LA Kings?
3: So I auctioned a painting off of the LA Kings, and I did a painting, a live painting, and I am part of the permanent collection for the Toronto Maple Leafs, because they invited me to paint Carlton the Bear Mascot uh, one game, which was really exciting, against the Edmonton Oilers, fun fact, against the Edmonton Oilers, um, that game. And yeah, And then I have three permanent paintings uh, in their establishment that we collaborated with last year.
0: Do you get um, commissioned, I guess?
3: Oh, yeah. I have a bunch. I'm still, I have about two or three right now that I'm currently working on. I have a few more, and I'm working on collaborations that are going to be coming up uh, in a couple of months, so uh, getting busier. Uh,
0: What's the reaction when people see your work?
3: It's amazing. Honestly, I'm used to the painting kind of in a basement, so it's really quiet. So Mm -hmm. when I'm ever in public or I see people reacting, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, people actually like my art, (laughs) and people generally enjoy it just as much as I enjoy it, so that's kind of been a really fun experience between lives i'd say especially when people are walking by and they're like oh my goodness like what is this Mm
0: -hmm.
3: uh it's been very fun to kind of see and
0: experience what is that experience like when when you're doing a painting live and how long would it take and what's the process uh from start to finish
3: so the start to finish i'd say i'd first create a sketch that's like black and white and then um, I project it onto the canvas space uh, where I'm painting. So it can be the canvas most times. And then I outline my sketch on the canvas with a pencil. And then from there, I kind of start building the painting uh, from what's in my head. And I start kind of just filling up the spaces and how I see them to be mm-hmm. designed. Um, the timing of the painting really depends because for the Toronto Maple Leafs Carlton, I think it was a, 20, uh, 30 by 40 Or maybe it was smaller But it was about The, the length of the game I finished a little bit Earlier than the game um, But I did a painting With the Oklahoma City Thunder okay. In Montreal uh, They did They had me do Two 8 feet by 8 feet Paintings um, Which was Really much a challenge I had to, I basically spent A good amount Of 6 hours Completing one Live I had to do another one Beforehand Because like, there's no way I can do two 8 hour paintings Two 8 feet by 8 feet Paintings Sorry In a day so, um, it was one live of eight feet and that one was long and difficult because was so intricate.
0: Um, do you, do you know of the artist, uh, Leroy Neiman? Yes, I think I recently saw him online. Okay, so if you, if you, if for our listeners, if you've seen uh, Leroy Neiman's work, and he's he's done oh, many, many, obviously with a brush though, many, many uh, athletes. That's the kind of what I see. Some of your work, I see some resemblance uh, in that, and I'm just wondering if who inspires you, and who do you look to to make uh, make these paintings and things like that.
3: Um I haven't i'm not gonna i know it's weird to say, but I haven't really looked at any artists when um I first painted this style art as this just a joke with my sister, mm-hmm. and I was like, why didn't I just roll a paint for like a soccer ball on canvas? So I wasn't really um looking towards anyone. It might have been just artists i'd say just i'm inspired by everyday artists that I see online or um, I've, I've gained knowledge from in school. There isn't really mm-hmm. any, any artist that I've been like, oh my goodness, like this, I want to be like them. But I think it's just in general, whenever I see something and I find it super interesting, I try to to incorporate it. Uh,
0: Sam, Samantha Woj, Sam Woj. I'm, I'm confusing myself even, Samantha. I don't know. You can say Sam
3: Woj. It's okay, that works too. Sam Woj. on Instagram, so I'm Sam Woj on Instagram. Perfect.
0: So, you know. uh, where do you want to take this, uh, Sam, moving forward?
3: Um, honestly I just want to see where it goes. I'd like to like collaborate more with teams. I'd love to do more live um live art and uh do more auctions cuz that was really fun doing a few auctions especially the, the LA Kings. Uh so it be I just would love to see do more of mm-hmm. it. Is, you
0: know. Um I I never know. I'm going to be uh, heading down to Edmonton Oilers practice right after this. I don't know if Connor McDavid. I assume he will be made available to the media. I'm not sure, but because he spoke the other day. But if I get a chance, I'm going to show him your work and tell him about our little interview today. What? What? If you had something to to say to Connor McDavid about your work and and uh, you know just the resemblance, what would you say? Oh my goodness! Um,
3: <laughs> like, oh my god! I'm <laughs> to think. i just like overwhelmed to even think that he could see the art. Um, I'd be like. He's amazing, and thank you for kind of sharing your talent um, to inspire others because it definitely inspired me into making my art. So uh, oh,
0: anyway. that, I hope that he'll be available just for a quick little yeah. chat, either maybe today or tomorrow. Uh, where can people find your work? Uh, where Where do you have a website? Do you have I, mean, I know it's on TikTok, and we had it on our website and on our uh, our Twitter feed or X feed, or whatever you want to call it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So Twitter, I think is Samantha Wojart. Uh, Instagram, TikTok is Sam Wojart. And um, my website is Samantha Wojart.com.
0: Well, Samantha, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, the work is amazing. And uh, hopefully uh, Connor McDavid has a chance to uh, address that uh, when I uh, yeah. chat with him today. Thanks so much for thank coming on. Thanks
3: so much on. for having me. Oh, thank,
0: thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. That's... Uh, Samantha or Sam, Sam Ojohoitz, Sam Woj, uh, uh, incredible artist. Check her out, all those uh, uh, areas and places that she said. uh, Text came in from HVAC Nick. I just found this girl on TikTok last night painting McDavid, and now you have her on the show this morning. Just crazy, but she is very talented, amazing. Uh, And even the uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, the last one I think that Slats, uh exec prod, sent out on uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, just a simply amazing work. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, we will be going, are you in or are you out? Uh, just to make sure that in case you missed it, the Czech dream is over at the World Championship. Sweden... With a big third period, uh, Sweden comes back and wins it. And so Sweden will come move on to the uh, final after a 5-2 victory. uh, They will await the winner of U.S. and Finland. When we come back, top of the hour, are you in or are you out? Adam Surgery from the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Before that, though, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Book your kids 5 to 12 years old in one of our holiday camps Visit snowvalley.ca for details. Here is the Duke.